Welcome to the Caregiver Conversations podcast. My name is Antonia Harbin-Lamb, and I am the Program Manager for Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division and a staff attorney for the Elder Law and Advocacy Center with Neighborhood Legal Services Michigan. The purpose of this podcast is to provide information and resources for caregivers so they can be more successful and effective caregivers. This segment is being sponsored by the Senior Regional Collaborative Elder Caring Coordination Program through funding from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund. Today I have with me three guests, Linda Fieldstone, Sue Bronson, and Christy King. We will be discussing elder caring coordination and what caregivers need to know about it. Linda Fieldstone is the co-chair of the Association for Conflict Resolution Elder Justice Initiative on Elder Caring Coordination. She's the former president of AFCC and its Florida chapter and was secretary for the AFCC task force creating guidelines for parenting coordination in 2005 and co-recorder for the task force revising those guidelines in 2019. Ms. Fieldstone was honored with the Sharon Press Excellence in ADR Award from the Florida Supreme Court in 2018 for her visionary leadership, professional integrity, and unwavering devotion to ADR. Sue Bronson, she's a licensed social worker and is the co-chair of the Association for Conflict Resolution Elder Justice Initiative on Elder Caring Coordination and leader trainer. Ms. Bronson is a mediator, trainer, and a retired psychotherapist in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Since 1983, she has been mediating family, elder, and workplace disputes and helping people engage in quality conversations. Ms. Bronson teaches mediation at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and is the lead author of the self-assessment tool for mediators, that is translated into three languages. And last but not least, we have Christy King with us who has a master's in social work. She is the executive director of the Senior Regional Collaborative and is a social worker and community advocate with nearly 20 years of experience in nephrology. This includes providing direct clinical services as a nephrology social worker and developing various community-based initiatives. She earned her Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from Wayne State University, along with her Master of Social Work there. Her leadership experience has included both nonprofit and government sectors, strategically focused on building community-based health and well-being, often with special attention to the aging population and issues of equity. So thank you all for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, excited to be with you. I actually know all of these ladies through a new program that we are working to implement in Michigan called the Elder Caring Coordination Program. So we'll just get right into it and find out what that is. Linda, why don't you tell us what is Elder Caring Coordination? Thank you. Uh, Elder Caring Coordination is a court-ordered dispute resolution process that was specifically developed for older families in conflict regarding the health and safety of an aging loved one. 
It helps the family learn how to resolve disputes in a manner that respects the need for safety and autonomy of the older adult in a timely way and gives them a private forum with the assistance of an elder caring coordinator. And when you say an elder caring coordinator, Sue, why don't you tell us what the elder caring coordinator's role would be? Sure. First and foremost, the elder caring coordination is to protect and preserve as many rights of the older adults as possible. So elder caring coordinators are highly trained people and they use their skills to both strengthen the voice of the older adult and to focus the family on the elders' needs and wishes rather than blame in the past. Because as Linda said, these are the highly conflictual families. There's a court order for elder caring coordination that puts the elder caring coordinator working with the family for up to two years. Because as we know with older family members, that there's a lot of transitions or situations that come up. And so somebody is there to help without the delay of a court. The court order provides accountability for everyone. And we know that these high-conflict families can resist working together. So whereas some families can sit around the kitchen table and make decisions about what needs to take place, other families struggle with the issues and they need someone like an elder mediator to help focus them on the issues and coming up with options and decisions that will work for them. In the high conflict families, um, the struggle is not only with the issues, but with relationships. So these are the families that even when one issue is resolved, another one will pop up because it's about the, the conflict and harassing others. So the forum of elder caring coordination puts the elders' needs at the center, and the family learns to share information to both increase trust and used for informed decision-making. And then as a group, they work together to develop action steps to meet the elders' needs. You mentioned elder mediation in there as well. Can you tell us the difference between elder caring coordination and elder mediation, either you or Linda or both? Um, Think of the difference as compared to a photograph or a movie. And with elder mediation, the families who are able to address issues, identify issues, and really want to resolve those issues, They are there for a specific short amount of time to be able to work with an, in this case, elder mediator to resolve those issues. And that would be more analogous to a photograph. Elder caring coordination is a process. And the family and the elder are court ordered for a longer time period. Think of that as a movie. We know families in conflict may have multiple safety issues, including actual or potential risk for abuse, neglect, and exploitation. 
We know that elders are actually dying while their families are arguing about their care instead of caring for their loved ones. Because the elder caring coordinator is there for a longer term, like a movie, seeing a movie for a longer period of time, they are able to help the family identify patterns and address risks all throughout that time. There's ongoing screening happening so that the elder caring coordinator is able to pick out those patterns and help the family avoid any further risks. So imagine those you love the most arguing over your care and increasing your sense of vulnerability. The elder caring coordinator has the time to help family and caregivers change behaviors that jeopardize the safety and well-being of the elder. So do you want to mention anything else? I think an important distinction is that elder mediation is generally a voluntary process, whereas elder caring coordination is a court-ordered process. Because of the high conflict, they would have a hard time either setting a time for a meeting or continuing to participate without the court order. Again, it, that court order is for accountability on everybody's part. Okay, thank you, Linda and Sue, for answering those important questions. So now this is really to help caregivers, as we talked about before, and it sounds like you have definitely identified some things that would help caregivers and family members. But is there anything else you'd like to add on how elder caring coordination helps family members and caregivers be more effective? So throughout the process, they are teaching techniques to the participants and helping them learn and integrate new skills when they're communicating, even together outside of the elder caring coordination process. And that way, the negative intergenerational effects of conflict are reduced because we know that children, for instance, are watching what is going on all of the time. So as the elder caring coordinator helps the family model more productive communication and problem-solving skills, even the youngest generations are benefited. I'd just like to add to that that the elder caring coordinator is educated about what's happening for the older person and knows about community resources. So the elder caring coordinator helps to build a team or where to go to get information or the team that can help. Maybe it's providing respite care for caregivers and maybe it's another way to handle behavioral symptoms of disease, for example. Okay, thank you very much. What are the benefits of elder caring coordination? I mean, it sounds like it is a great program. It's very effective. But can you shed light just on some more of the benefits? So I'd like to mention, a, a start with a few of them. One is that the older adults' needs are met in a timely manner. You don't have to wait for a court process to make a decision or to be implemented. Second is that the family conflicts are reduced, and an important part of that is relationships are maintained. 
So instead of the family tree splitting through court battles, the process allows for the family to be together for future holidays or to help each other out with house chores or caring for children or enjoying a picnic together. And the family, as Linda said, is modeling how to handle conflict so that these skills are passed down through the generations instead of the violence passed down through the generations. And there are safeguards are now in place and everybody's cooperating, which reduces abuse, neglect, and exploitation of the elder, which is super important. Um, and there's a fast private resolution of family issues so that um, the court is safe for legal issues and the issues regarding the well-being of the older adults, whether it be transportation to hair appointments or who can visit and when or um, priorities for quality of life, that that is addressed um, by the family members that are caring for the elder person. Linda, do you so, want to add more? Yeah, so um, Sue did a, a good job of talking about the most important benefits, which are to the elder and the family. But professionals have also reported benefits. Lawyers have told us that elder caring coordination helps them manage their high conflict cases because the emotional issues are reduced and lack of cooperation diminishes. They're able to communicate better together and they're able to address what they need to. So the, the court process can is easier. It saves time and money because there are fewer court proceedings. And if they do go to court at all, then the hearings are more focused and shorter. Guardians have reported that they're able to make better informed decisions for the elder when conflict is reduced and the family members collaborate to support the elder's care. Um, when the guardians can receive information from everybody, they learn more about the elder and it gives them a chance to focus on issues that really pertain to the quality of life of the person that they are making decisions uh, to help. And elder caring coordination in general has created more awareness about family members, uh, for family members who are equipped then to focus on issues rather than their personal agendas. So it becomes a win-win, a win for the elder and a win for the family. Thank you, Linda. So obviously we're going through, we're still going through the pandemic. We don't have our program yet set up here in Michigan, but there are programs going on around the country for elder caring coordination. Can you tell us a little bit about how those programs are running during the pandemic? I'll speak about how elder caring coordinators are practicing with the families during this time Part of it is the same and part of it is different. The part that is the same is that there were always family members that were not available to participate during a meeting personally at that meeting. And those families would join the meeting either by remote means like people do now all the time or by 
telephone if it wasn't uh, electronically. So they would be incorporating into their meetings different methods to help people be available. Now with the, the restrictions during the pandemic, the meetings have really all been virtual. So that has changed some of the practice work of the elder caring coordinator who has had to make sure to develop ways to help everybody participate in the fullest way possible and accommodate all of their needs virtually, even if it means uh, tutoring them in the method that they have selected to have the meetings. Sue, do you want to add anything to that? I think the most important thing to add is when things are virtual, we have a harder time seeing things or making sure that people are safe, that there's no one in earshot so that they can be truthful with us. So safety concerns are heightened during this time. And also when working with people who aren't in the same medium, I think it's important to address the nonverbals that someone on a telephone couldn't see if they didn't have the Zoom picture or to make sure that we don't create power differentials based on who has what technology. So safety is one concern and the power differentials, making sure that everyone's included are important to me. I really appreciate all of the commentary in in terms of the elder care and coordination. We definitely have the experts with us. So thank you, Linda and Sue. Now we're going to talk to Christy about the state of the elder caring coordination program in Michigan as, as it's being implemented. So can you tell us about that, Christy? Oh, absolutely. And once again, thank you, and Linda and Sue. Um, your expertise has been so wonderful for us um, as we, through the Southeast Michigan Senior Regional Collaborative, look to begin this process. So we are right now in a two-year funding Um, through the Michigan Health Endowment Fund to help us establish a pilot project here in Michigan. Through that pilot project, we will be looking to inform and educate the community around what elder caring coordination is. We will be developing a pool of trained um, elder caring coordinators for here in Michigan. We'll be looking to pilot um, elder caring coordination in a few counties here and having making sure that we have families enrolled in that service for the two-year period. And for us, it's a long-term thought process around what will this look like for Michigan? What will elder care and coordination look like for Michigan? So we are definitely in the process. We are also continuing to recruit for our advisory committee. Um, And so um, that's very important to us as well as we develop out what elder care and coordination will look like um, for Michigan. We have the map through Linda and Sue and the, the Florida project, but now we're just developing what that map direction will look like for us here in Michigan. And if others want to get more information on the program, whether it be someone that's interested in joining the advisory council right now, or someone that's just wanting to find out more about the program, where can they go to find that information? So anyone can go and visit our website at the Southeast Michigan Senior Regional Collaborative's website at semisrc.org, 
or they can call us at 1-888-341-8593. And our program coordinator, Julie Lowenthal, will follow up with them um, in regards to any of the needs that they may have or any questions they may have around elder care and coordination here in Michigan. Linda and Sue, where can we find out more information on elder caring coordination? The best way is our one-stop shop. That's the website, eldercaringcoordination.com. Okay, thank you for joining us today, Linda, Sue, and Christy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is Antonia Harbin-Lamb. Thank you for listening. For more information about our program and more podcasts, please call 313-937-8282 or find us on Facebook at Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. It's where families coming apart come together.